What's going on, crew? Welcome to Cross Platform, where esports, entertainment, and business connect. So incredibly excited that you guys have decided to join us on this journey. We are going to be having tons of fun guests, tons of fun interaction, talking about some of the more exciting industries on the planet. Again, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Platform. Let's get into it. Say, I want to say the line one day. I want to come in hot and go, we're live. Jeremy Poor, you are live right now. Wow. It's exciting, man. Yeah? Exciting, yeah. Did you ever think in your career that you'd be on a LinkedIn live with a kid that cold prospected you? <laughs> no. No, that's uh, your rise to stardom, man. It's pretty impressive. Dude, it is no rise to stardom at all. It's just literally posting videos of myself on LinkedIn and people decided that they wanted to just follow along. <laughs> I love it, man. I love what you do and the, uh, the content you're pushing out. Um, it's good to see that passion. So kudos to you for doing that. You know what? It's it's been a lot of fun, quite honestly. Um, you know, as we just like dive right in before I kind of let you give your intro. Um, you know, we connected. I got I don't know when that message was, but I, but it was a long time ago. I mean, we, yeah. it was it was a while out. Um, and I was like, you know, just want to hop on the call and pick the brain. You were nice enough to do that because I know you're getting slammed because I can imagine your LinkedIn was loaded back then and still is, and getting more loaded and loaded by the day, but. You were straight up and transparent uh, with me just about how to break into the industry, things that you had done in the past. And I was like, listen, there's going to be one way that I need to do this. And I need my name to be in people's faces. Like, I need everyone to know that I want in yeah. um, because I couldn't rely on the job boards. Um, and so that just became LinkedIn, like commenting on things, liking things, thoughtful yeah. messages, then doing videos. And things like that, and and quite honestly, you know, you're a humble guy, but you're you're a mentor of mine when it comes to getting into this space. And I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I know you'll you'll call it more of a friendship than a mentorship, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's been great getting to know you. And um, you know, for the for the listeners and the followers, um, go ahead and, and give your rundown of who you are and, and what you do because. I think everyone's going to be excited to, to listen to you today. Yeah, no. Uh, well, first and foremost, Herb, thanks for having me. Um, very excited to be here and talk to you. Um, if this helps anybody, you know, learn about the industry, wins, struggles, stuff to look forward to, then I consider it a success. So, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, to everybody, my name is Jeremy Poor. I am director of partnerships for Atlanta Esports Ventures. We are a company that was created. Uh, when uh, Cox Enterprises and uh, Province Inc. came together to form, to really start the franchise we know as Atlanta Rain. So they created this company, Atlanta Esports Ventures, to house and run that company. So um, my boss is Paul Hamilton. He is CEO and co founder and owner of part owner of the team. So, yeah, no, Paul is great. Uh, honestly, so lucky to work for him um, and, learn a lot, and learn a lot from him. And also we're very lucky and it's great to have Cox as a partner and an owner because, you know, a company that size to see, and they've always been on the forefront what they see, um, you know, tech wise and what they're investing in and seeing industries that are, you know, the next, the next big thing um, to have them all in on esports is very exciting. So it's, you know, it, it, it's got a lot of overhead, right? Like you work with a massive brand like Cox, you know, there's, you know, and you're bringing in this new industry, basically, you're exposing a lot of people to it, you're getting people excited about it. You just completed your first season in the Overwatch League, I guess, you know, and, and I want to talk about your current roles before we talk about some overarching general things. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Overwatch. Things that I don't know, maybe you learned throughout the season things that you expected before the season that maybe changed midway through yeah. the season and then just overall things that you learned from, from an Overwatch standpoint. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, um, a loaded question. Well, you know, 
launching and growing an esports brand and franchise is really hard. <laughs> I learned that a lot. I learned that right off the bat. Uh, you know, I, it's different because you know, when you come from inside the industry and you're big fans of gaming, you just automatically assume that everybody's going to be all in and really interested and they'll know about esports and gaming. And it's it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, launching uh, the rain, you know, I was the first employee Paul hired. Uh, so was you know here day one, um, you know, and so we tried to figure out you know what's the best way to really get the brand out there, and what we learned you know most importantly was community. It's you know building that community and relying on the the Atlanta community, and we're blessed to have a supporters group, the Atlanta Royal family, and uh, the Masquerade, our cosplays. I mean, without them, you know, the um, our community would be really non-existent. Our success in Atlanta would be non-existent because, you know, for me being a partnership guy and being the only person in Atlanta, and the team and the teams located in LA with all the eighteen other franchises, it's hard. Sure. Uh, this season really was a grind, you know, and going out there and talking to potential partners about Overwatch, you know, it's you go into these large brands and it, it really is you're starting at education level of zero it's hard so you got to and it's a, you know and it's not talk about this a lot with paul and people like you got to really think long term and you know it's a marathon not a sprint you're really building a brand and building education to get people to events to see the passion and the how loyal these fans are um so with home that's why our homestand um, being one of three teams chosen to do to be a homestand this past season was so important and vital uh, to us is to get fans, you know, out and see and potential partners out to see, you know, how much fun and like the production value that goes into these events and you know and like, it really is in, immersive and exciting and you grow and like to, to witness that passion. Um, in person is really impressive. So, um, and that, and honestly, that honestly really helped the team too, because the team was struggling yeah. uh, in stage two and going into stage three. Um, I think when they got to Atlanta and the scene that support they had here locally, you know, they won, they went on one, like I think nine or 10 matches straight and really propelled them into the playoffs. And we finished top six and, you know, we beat San Francisco shock that the, the, we were now the champions in the yeah. first round. It's a big deal. Yeah, no. So, you know, the, the, for that, the season really was a success. You know, even if we didn't make the playoffs, we would have really, you know, really saw the season as successful because we were the number one team in the league as far as uh, jersey sales. Uh, we were top, we were the top for merch sales. Uh, we had the fastest growing uh, social media following of, of the other uh, seven expansion teams. Wow. So, again, that really kicks into um, – the community also having Defran helped a lot too. I'll tell you that 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 guy's following is insane. Uh, the support that Defran had, and you know, coming on and being a part of the team for Stage One was awesome to have him, and he and he really helped really helped grow our brand. So that was another another important factor. You know, and getting and getting partners involved uh, uh, was huge for us too, because you know, once it it only takes one or two. Right, get partners involved, and others will start taking notice. Um, you know, doing the great partnership with Auto Trader, where yep. they they got us the Sprinter van, um, but having that fully wrapped van rolling around LA, we did a thing where we we put like three thousand miles on the van, going back and forth and doing stuff in LA. So having that branding of the Atlanta skyline and uh, the rain on there, and also driven by Auto Trader and doing content around the van, you know, they loved it, and we had actually had to call the um, the two LA teams to get permission to have our van there because you know we have home, each team has their home marketing areas. Sure. We had to reach out to LA and we were hoping and praying that they would allow us to have the van. Um, you know, luckily they said yes because you know having that cruise in the streets of LA was you know just more brand awareness of what we're trying to do. So yeah, we learned a lot this season. Uh, we're very happy with how it turned out, the success of Homestand, how the team did, partners we brought on, you know, really growing the community. So, um, but learned a lot. Let's talk about location for a second because I think that plays a massive part here. Um, you know, I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, but 
Atlanta raised me, you know, in, in gaming. And I will always refer to Atlanta as home for my esports and gaming career because of relationships like you and then relationships that I built across the industry. Um, you know, it was uh, on my I tell my first live event was always uh, it's DreamHack Atlanta, but my first homestand will always be the Atlanta homestand, which you pulled off in a masterful way. And, and for those who weren't there, it was it was about. 20, it was about 3,000 people? Yeah, we, we sold it out both days. It was 2,700 both days. And let me just tell you, that event, I always go to events and I always say to myself, like, how hard could it be to put this event, put an event on? Oh, my God. Doing an event, it, it was a complete, like, just rude awakening nightmare because it's so much that goes into it. And if we didn't have Skillshot Media, shout out to Skillshot and the Bill and the team there, uh, Dimitri, they – Without them, we would, we would never been able to have done the event. They, they were incredible to help guide us and walk us through it. And their new C, their new CEO, right? Yeah, Todd. <laughs> yeah, come on from Iras. Yep. Um, no, and, and I think it's a testament to to Atlanta as a whole. Obviously, a testament to you and, and your ability to pull up. But I think there's so much gaming passion and getting to know Leo and the guys um, from the community that's built around the rain um, to go and see that presence live and, and to walk into that stadium and or the, the venue and, and feel that vibe with only 2,700 people in the room. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm a traditional sports guy through and through, and I know, uh, you know, you, you and I talk football, on, uh, yeah. you know, outside of, outside of esports and gaming, but you walk in and you feel that passion with just 2,700 people. You're, you're sitting there and you bring in any partner to feel that energy in the room. It, it's it's intoxicating. I mean, it really is. I mean, just the 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 one v one event that they put on. I mean, that was one of the cooler things I have ever witnessed live. I uh, know. I tell you, if a lot of people don't know this around the, around the country internationally, Atlanta is a huge gaming town, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Atlanta you know got the franchise because Paul Hamilton and his vision of what he wanted to do actually had um, a couple opportunities in different cities. And he, and he brought all those cities to Overwatch. And and once he talked about Atlanta and having, you know, a potential partner in, in Cox, Overwatch and Blizzard were all over it because, you know, they're able to see where all their players are coming in, their gamers are coming in from who are online playing Overwatch. And Atlanta was one of the top cities. Um, so kudos to the city. And we're also very lucky to have the Metro Atlanta Chamber. Sure. They get it. They, they're really supporting esports and want to grow it. Um, the state as well. Um, so no having now with, you know, the NBA 2K with Hawks talents and having high res here and what they're doing around Smite and Paladins and the leagues and, you know, other streamers and other te teams being located here. Um, Atlanta's going to blow up, man. We're, we are, we're going to uh, grow esports. We want to be up there with Dallas and LA. Uh, great, great gaming, gaming towns. And uh, we, we want to be in the epicenter for esports and gaming. Listen, I wasn't I wasn't running to get out of Atlanta. You know, I, I miss you, man. Come on back. Why do you think I talk to you so much? I tell you what, it would be it'd be fun to get Grant on here to talk yeah. about uh, to That's talk great about job. The, the Atlanta presence. Um, but no, I mean it, it's it's not just just passion uh, for the industry, but also just inclusiveness, right? I, I, I was looking all over the place when I wanted to become a part of what is so exciting and Atlanta took me in open arms and um, realized that there is a, a, a city of opportunity and the more collaboration over competition is what's going to move that city forward and, and become, I mean, I believe it is the East Coast hub um, yeah. and, and compete with Dallas and, and, and LA. You know, so we, I forgot to mention these companies because they're, they're great companies and one I used to work for. We also have Scuff Gaming here. We have Control Freak here. Uh, we have, um, you know, Tripwire Interactive yeah. here, Blue Mammoth Games. You know, so we have a lot in this city. So, um, and we want to grow it. So let's let's talk about what else just happened in, in your fair city. There's a big partnership uh, announced the other day and a big development when it comes to Call of Duty, um, and uh, as, as someone who grew up playing Call of Duty, it's the thing I'm most excited for in gaming right now. Um, so I know uh, that it may still be early. There may be things you can and can't discuss, but um, 
right off the bat, why don't you inform everybody what happened the other day in your position and what you're focused on in, in that new development? Yeah. So, you know, um, first and foremost, like what about Call of Duty selling, what, $600 million in three days of launch of Modern Warfare? I mean, if that doesn't speak to the power of video games. Unbelievable. And that, and that brand. I mean, it's incredible to see. Literally, it wasn't even the top. I think there's a couple of years ago, one of them sold like almost a billion dollars. So, um, so I, I I love Call of Duty. So I was very excited about the opportunity once I learned what Cox and Paul were up to, and having discussions, exploring a possible partnership with uh, with Faithland. Um, you know, huge, not the if not the biggest lifestyle gaming or brand in the world and what they've done like with like case in point with manchester city uh, you know it's incredible so to, to be able to do you know a partnership with them and um having the phase name involved in call of duty this year um which atlanta esports ventures owns the team and we run as a separate entity um from phase um but just to have them involved as a vested partner. And, you know, again, this is their, their branding is involved, their names involved. They want to to succeed. So they've been outstanding already to talk to and, you know, to, to uh, brainstorm with, talk about, you know, possible brands to partner with. Um, And that back and forth has been awesome. Uh, So yeah, we're very excited to have Atlanta phase, you know, as one of the 12 teams in the new call of duty league this year. And we have, a lot of great things planned. I think our, our roster is pretty impressive. Um, I think we'll have, we have a really good chance of being really good this year. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about it. And, and let me tell you, I, I was, I was kind of worried, um, you know, versus overwatch and call of duty overwatch being such a family, really a family friendly game and not having the first person shooter kind of the violence effect to it. Um, but already I can see, you know, the power of phase being involved and the power of Call of Duty, the reach it has of brands that have actually reached out and are interested in exploring possible partnerships. So as we talked talk about, you, we, we talked the other day for a while and your, your inbox is loaded. Everyone wants to know what you're up to. Everyone knows how they get involved. And it's, it's not my favorite topic, but I am curious as you know, somebody who is working on something as exciting as Call of Duty and bringing in a partner like FaZe, um, and, and you've got brands lining up to get involved, how much is the, you know, the first-person shooter factor, like, you know, I, I guess I guess slowing things down? Is it is it something you just brush to the side? Is it, you know, how much of an over, you know, of an objection is that? No, it definitely comes up. There are definitely brands that won't touch it, that simple fact, you know. Case in point, I was had I had a call with Papa John's, uh-huh. and just kind of you know sniffing around and you know talked about Overwatch and Call of Duty, and and her response was immediate and said no to Call of Duty, Overwatch, interested in possibly exploring down the road, but they're not they're not talking to teams right now. But um, uh, but yeah, like it was immediate, like immediate, like no. So it's interesting. You can travel two different two different routes in your role you know you can go the overwatch route you can go the call of duty route um you know and, and from a sale you and i've been you and i are, are sellers it's what we do yeah. is that a road that you travel where it's like okay thank you so much uh you know appreciate your time let us know if there's anything in the future or do you push back at all being like you know is there is there an objection to overcome there when it comes to selling well it, i i I try to dig in as much as I can just to try to really uncover what that objection is. If it's strictly a violence play, first person shooter, blood, bullets, whatever. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, if it's, it's, it's an education thing, um, you know, explore that or, you know, and just that we are sellers and we're trying to form partnerships. It's just, you know, staying in touch, you know, touch and base three to six months. This situation while we will, you know, can be fluid and will change in a few months and uh, just doing our due diligence to stay on top of them and, you know, sending them, sending them little snippets every once in a while, how the team's doing, or if it's, you know, look at the growth we had, like, for example, our, you know, reveal video for Atlanta phase had like almost 600,000 views in the first couple of days. And that just kind of speaks to the power. And, uh, you know, it's in a lot of opportunities, we're going to try not to focus that much on the game, Mm-hmm. It's really about the players and behind the scenes that people love that content. Um, so that's one. That's another way to explore and like, hey, what about this? 
because the community is so hungry for content um, is doing stuff that's not really centered that much about the game. Well, you know, and I think going back to just the overarching conversation of selling and gaming, right? Uh, you know, it, it's not that quick process, one call, two week follow up, go for close, right? You know, like I'm still selling myself to you, right? I mean, I, I, and by doing that in gaming, I think that comes from friendly checkups and creating a relationship and building something. I don't know what, what there is to work on between you and I yet, but I now know that you know, we have a relationship where if I come across something that requires your assistance, like you're my first call. And I think that's the unique thing about this business development and, and selling within the esports industry. There's it's such first inning type stuff right here. There's so much stuff left to be done. There's no need to to press you or for you to press a brand like Papa John's and be like, I need you now, 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 now. You no, know, let's stay close and, and we'll figure this out and 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 see what happens in the long run. Well, there's a lot of stuff happening right now in this industry. So, you know, first with, with the, the growth it's experiencing mm-hmm. is is crazy. <laughs> and there's so much growth and, you know, more people like the, their antennas are perking up like, okay, I need to find out more about this. Um, but, you know, I'm, and this goes back to the, you know, asking about Overwatch and trying to grow a brand. Um, you know, it's, it's staying on top of companies. But one thing I learned is that, like, for example, um, and I got this a lot from endemic companies. You know, a lot of endemic brands are having a hard time right now because there's this huge influx of non-endemic dollars coming into the space. Sure. So it's pricing out the, the smaller endemic companies who have been here, you know, from day one. Um, so, for example, I had a conversation uh, around Overwatch with a certain headset company. And we got to the point where we we're talking dollars and they were just like, Jeremy, you know, um, and we weren't we weren't asking for a lot because we were a brand new team with you know with, with hardly any following right we're trying to build and we wanted to build with a brand that we can grow together in the, in the overwatch space and they're like it's just you know as a company and they're they're a huge headset company they're, they're, as a company we're not sponsoring teams anymore we're finding out it's just it, they're getting too expensive and so we're going to go more the influencer content creator route interesting celebrities or athletes you know that route they feel like they have a, just a better opportunity and, and, and again, the way esports is growing is that you're having all these leagues, all these teams, and we're all fighting over the same dollars. Right. There's a limited, there's a limited dollar pool. Yeah. And as we continue to grow, like for us, uh, Overwatch and the rain, like we didn't, we got started late. So we're already competing against 12 teams that are established and now seven expansion teams along with us. And we're all fighting over the same dollars. So, you know, you got to get really competitive, but really it's about a lot of its relationship, but also it's really getting, you know, how creative can you get with your content and involving the brand? How, how much of a factor are, and before we move into um, like career stuff, because I know that's what the crowd's probably waiting for. You got a lot of guys watching, by the way, 70 dudes this morning. I, the crew of 70. Well, thank you for watching. Hopefully, uh, not boring. <laughs> dudes and dudes. I see Chris. Yeah. Jackie in there. Um, so, like, when a brand comes to you, how much of a factor is the? Because I know there's a the conversation between just singular player and team and brand, right? So, are there t- are there people that are coming to the table being like, you know, we're not necessarily here for the rain, we're here for him, you know, we're 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 in- right. yes. <laughs> is that is that something, that's something that you have to, you know, you've got to loop everybody in. It's like you can't get him without us, or like, how do you how do you combat that? So in the very beginning, you know, bringing uh, DeFran onto the team, had, you know, having such a huge following. Yeah. So we definitely had, we definitely had companies that were interested in, you know, and just, and just him. So, um, but we didn't want him to be the, the really be the focal point. We wanted really to be, and this is where it goes into growing the whole brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want him to be, um, our whole brand. So when I, when I would actually, when I would actually, I made, I made a conscious effort when I went out and pitched the companies not to mention to Fran in the beginning, if it helped, you know, if it helped continue the conversation I would talk about them. Sure. Um, uh, but you know, we didn't want to do that because it's not fair to the other players. We're trying to grow a brand. Um, we had great young players um, as was evident through the season. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely something that, you know, well, that, it's a conversation starter for sure. And, you know, 
like for example, with the now with the Atlanta phase and we have some great, some great players on our roster, uh, like, you know, the reigning MVP Sim on the team. So, um, you know, there's brands that I've talked about, already talked about him. So I uh, mentioned him in, in conversation. So um, it helps, but you know, you don't want it to be the focal point of the whole, the whole brand and the team. Makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so I want to, and for everyone uh, listening, watching, start, please start throwing your questions. Hit, hit Jeremy hard. He can handle it. I can really, really hard questions. They can survive <laughs> if you need to. Yeah. He'll, he'll survive. Um, but I want to pivot into career growth and breaking into this industry because, as you know, it's hard. And you were one of my first calls in helping me do it and advising me. And I've got, I think I have our notes somewhere. I don't know if I followed anything you told me to do. But um, <laughs> right. we, figured, we figured it out. Not that it was bad advice, but it's there, there's so many different strategies when it comes to networking and breaking in here. And, and as I know, you don't even have to tell me, but I know the fact that you do cool stuff and your inbox must be flooded with young guys either you know, coming in, trying to break into this industry, guys and girls, guys coming in, breaking into this industry, guys pivoting the industry, you know, guys from traditional sports trying to break in. Um, and I'm curious as to things that, I'm curious as to what you've seen, yeah. what works, what doesn't work, and I, I guess let's let's just start that. Sure. So I I I actually enjoy telling the story because I feel like my story is a little different because you know totally. And you I am older. Actually, <laughs> I am an older person. <laughs> I am not the target demo of the esports and gaming industry, uh, but I have a passion for it. And you know, I grew up playing video games with my brothers on the Atari twenty six hundred. Mm -hmm. You know and. And from that day, I just I love video games, and it's a great escape for me. You know, now I have a five year old, so when I put Ethan to bed, and and my wife's downstairs watching her show, I'll try to sneak up to the to my room and play for a little bit. And that, that actually, you know, I'll play for a little bit, and that turns into several hours. Um, but you know, like I came from sports. I spent six years in sports. I worked at ESPN and Fox Sports, and then jumped around for a little bit. Um, and I just got to a point like you know what. As I got older, I was like, I really want to, you know, pursue something that I'm passionate about and I enjoy doing. Um, so I just sent out resumes and cover letters to, you know, to people here, a couple companies here in Atlanta. And, you know, I was very lucky that Scuff Gaming took an opportunity and a chance on me to to bring me in. I think my background in partnerships and marketing really helped that. Um, but I had zero gaming experience. I knew nothing about teams or leagues or content creators, uh, Diego Nunez and, uh, Duncan Ironmonger over Scuff gave me the opportunity and, you know, I thank them to this day because it really, really helped me and sealed my career and, you know, trying to build a career in, in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I told, you know, and, it, and honestly, I took a, I took a huge step back financially, you know, cause, you know, working in, you know, being an established person selling media and advertising, you know, I was doing pretty well for myself and, you know, but I wasn't happy. Um, so, you know, I told myself I give Scuff at least a year to really learn the industry. You know, and I, I've never been a big, you know, I, I, when I was younger, um, I was like, ah, uh, you know, I kind of blew off networking events. Um, I was kind of the person nine to five to do my job and go home. Um, but as I got older, you know, I realized that how important networking is. Um, so that's something I always tell people now. You know, it, it took me to a little later in my life to realize like how important that is. Sure. Building, building, you know, building contacts and you know, and having that kind of database you can go to in the community on LinkedIn, you can reach out to and talk to and network with and learn and really learn things from. Mm -hmm. So I tell people first and foremost, you know, get on LinkedIn, build an account, start networking as much as you can. But it also helps too if you're passionate about something. So like I love networking now in this industry because I'm really passionate about it and talking about it. Um, so that's another thing. Um, so at Scuff, you know, I, I gave it a year. I want to learn as much as I can to so learn all the, the, the teams the leagues, who the player, the big pros, the players, you know, got to work on Call uh, of World League, uh, NBA 2K, uh, that kind of stuff at, at Scuff, which was awesome. Um, and then, you know, when I when I saw that Atlanta was getting a franchise uh, for Overwatch, you know, I was really interested. So I went, I really went old school, man. Like, and also something I tell people too, this industry, it's people are so interested and passionate about it and want to get involved in it. You really have to stand out. You got to be aggressive. 
You got to stand out, make yourself, people remember you. Um, What I did with Paul was I sent Paul like this big old box. And the only thing in the box was my resume and cover letter. So he had to open it. But when he opened it, my resume and cover letter were attached to a Atari 2600 controller. Dude, when he pulled the controller out, out, my resume and cover letter were on there. My my cover letter was just telling a story. I just told him a story. Well, I was interested in my background. And from that moment on, when I was going through the interview process, he would ask, how's the Atari guy doing? So, yeah. So it's just, it's about standing out. And luckily he hired me and, you know, being the first employee he hired. And I, hopefully he doesn't regret hiring me. So, (laughs) uh, and he's been great, you know, learning a lot from him and, um, cause he's been very successful in, in what he's done his business ventures. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, lucky to be here uh, for, you know, 14, 15 months now, um, you know, and, and I, I count my blessings to be, able to be able to work on launching now two brands in the space, two franchises in the space, working on that. Sure. It's been incredible, but you're right. I get, I get, re- and I, I try to always pay it for, you know, pay it back to people. When people reach out to me on LinkedIn, I know that it's very hard to get in this industry. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky and you know, and now I know, like, it doesn't matter how old you are, your background, you know, gaming's for everybody. Esports is for everybody. Um, so I get reached out to a lot. So I try to talk to as many people and as many people as I can. So I tell you what, man, um, <laughs> I did not know that story, by the way. I, I, I don't know if you forget, you, you forgot to hold that off. Maybe you're trying to keep, protect that method yourself when we first talked. You'd be like, do I need to watching? Don't steal my idea. <laughs> You can use a Nintendo controller. <laughs> you can screw to everybody up. Now you've got 80 people watching. Everyone's yeah. sending controllers. And, yeah. and they're just like, anything, man. I tell you, that's what it's all about. Make yourself stand out. Make people remember you and network your butt off. Well, it's, 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 industry, it's about who you know. It's still in esports. It's about who you know. It is. There's no doubt about it. And I, I think, you know, when you, when you transition that skill into breaking into a new industry, and, and I think there's a level of, of respect as well. You know, when you go to these uh, gaming events, you know, you've got someone else and they're in their element, you know, running their event or in another conversation, there, there, there comes a level of just kind of knowing your place. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I, I see that person. I see Jeremy Poor across the room. I know I want to talk, talk to him. I see him talking to Paul Hamilton. Gotta be respectful. There isn't a bunch of like, hey, hey, like, are you hiring right now? You know, anything like that. It just becomes that that gentle, you know, that, that gentle hello that turns into you know a fun exchange. We talk about a football game. You can bring it up later on. There is nothing that I've learned is going to happen overnight. It's going to be a first phone call that I believe you and I had, and must have been, I don't know, October of last year, maybe earlier. Um, where you know you had you had nothing. I certainly asked. We we had a, we had a long conversation. I wanted to be on your radar. I knew you had nothing, but I still wanted to you know get in the back of your mind and be like, listen, what's what's happening? You know, are you guys hiring? What's the process look like? And you were very transparent and honestly honest in a very respectful way, which I wholeheartedly appreciate. One thing I, I, I get bummed out about is so like, yeah, send me a resume. Let's let's catch up next week. Like, you don't have anything. Let yeah. me know. You know, and but but that and that and. That transparency made me gravitate to you much more than I have with others and how our relationship has been. Because that's one thing about you is that you're incredibly transparent. But, you know, I just – it is all about who you know because you it and I – It's hard, man. It is hard. I always tell people, too, like, you know, any opportunity – if you can, any opportunity you can to get involved, like, you know, if it's, you know, volunteering somewhere, like, you know, like – the job that Allie does at Access Free Play and like all the events that she's trying to do. And she does a fantastic job. And like, you know, and she's one of the top people out there trying to grow Atlanta and grow the industry. Um, like, you know, go down there and work, work the events, go hang out, you know, awesome. Go to DreamHack, go to MomoCon, go to DragonCon, any, any, any company you can go to, go to uh, in this area and just meet people, man. There's places are popping up and this network. And yeah. So, um, we're lucky that again we live in a city where there's a lot of stuff happening, and um, there are several ways to get involved and kind of just build your cred from there. And and that's and and you know it's funny 
that networking and that relationship building is really, that's like phase one and almost the easy stuff. You know, that's the stuff that's readily available. So, you know, yes, you, you, you know, it might be a little bit of investment in yourself. A Dream Hack ticket's 35 bucks right now, it's 75 for three days. That's a great number in this industry right now. But that stuff is readily available. But then when it comes out to standing out, I mean, listen, you sent a controller to someone who was looking to hire, which is, I mean, that's an awesome story and I will now forever use it. But, and I had an opportunity on LinkedIn. I was like, I need everyone to know that I want in and that this kid is around and he's gonna get in some way or somehow. So I just went with the LinkedIn videos and started posting content and started talking about the industry from a traditional sports standpoint where I thought I could add some value and I owe everything to Greg out of 404 for giving me the first my first shot and everything to the Access Replay team for giving me you know my second shot. And then you know that LinkedIn presence um, that LinkedIn presence uh, you transformed into now what is Roundhill. So that was my avenue for standing out. So I think that's an interesting point. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, this is your strategy. You have to do this, this, and this. But it's more like it's simple stuff. It's all about who you know, consistent networking, and stand out. I think those are three really good overarching points. Yeah, I want to tell you, I, I did the controller thing with, with Scuff, and I also sent it to Control Freak. So, like, you know, for example, like, Control Freak didn't have anything, and, like, Dave Edwards, who's a great dude over Control Freak, like, he called me, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. Unfortunately, we don't have anything. Um, Dave and I are friends now, and, like, they still have the they still have the Atari controller like, in their office, so. It's important, and it's... Uh, it's really important to stand out. And in a world in 2019 where it's interesting, there's a lot of employment in the world. And my dad's on me all the time. It's like this, the world wasn't always like this. But, you know, there's a lot of employment out there, but there's not a ton in this particular industry because it's still growing. And, you know, the, the paycheck isn't crazy high. Um, but there's a lot left. And, and so, you know, you always want to stand out in the world, but finding a way to get a piece of you into somebody else's office to the point where it's still laughed at and discussed so that Edwards, whenever he thinks of you, thinks about, you know, he thinks whenever he sees that controller, he thinks of you. Right. And that's an impactful thing to do right now. Yeah. It's just small touches, man. Small, small touches that let them know you're thinking and you're, you're going above and beyond. Um, and that that stuff you can do, you know, it's going to help you. I'm going to come up with something even more creative. I'm going to send it to you though. I'll get some big box someday. Yeah, maybe like uh, maybe a big old Miss fathead uh, stick in the uh, in your place. Oh, nice. Um, all right, you're getting blown up on uh, notes and questions here. Okay. So let's say hello, Devin. Uh, Devin says hello from the West Coast. Hi, Devin. Uh, my mother, Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> Christy, hello, Juan Rodriguez. Have you met Juan down in uh, down in Florida? You will at some point. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Um, uh, David Kwok, my man, Waylon Swan, Marshall Garrison, Dallas Hall. We've got a lot of access replay in here. I love it. Um, and let's see. We got Ryan Johnson, Jackie in Australia. Um, Australia? Yeah, we got some Australia in the house. Uh, Larry, hello. Always good to hear from you. Jacob, my man up in Toronto. Call of Duty League is going to be incredible. Can't wait to see this. Yeah, man. I, I, um, interesting. Everybody knows too. You know, we'll be doing uh, two. I don't know if it's been announced it or not, but we're doing we're doing two Call of Duty homestands here in Atlanta. Uh, so one in uh, February, one in May. So. Uh, so I'm going on sale for the February event here in the next couple of weeks. So everybody uh, will be paying attention to Atlanta face. Are we going to get a joint igloo in Minnesota together? Are we making <laughs> I don't know if I'll be, I don't know if I'll be going up. I, I want to go up, you know, but honestly, man, we're so, so I get asked it all the time. Like, you know, if I'm going to go into all these events or these esports summits, like it's just so busy here, man. Like it's really hard to get away for a couple of days. And I'm, you know, it's just, just so much going on here in the city, uh, what we're trying to do, uh, the team we have here. So uh, I think I miss out on all that stuff. Um, Devin's got a great question. Uh, was the leak of the Call of Duty teams a sore subject? Because if it isn't, interested to know if that affected your brand rollout strategy from a marketing standpoint. Can you answer that question? 
Um, no, it really didn't affect us because our load. I mean, yeah, I mean there was there was a name. there was a there was a bunch of leaks. You yeah, know, like I think one of the players' girlfriends said something online, <laughs> like like way early and like like oh, what are you talking about? Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean it kind of kills the buzz a little bit when that kind of stuff happens because you work so hard on like, you know, what we're trying to do reveal lies and who we're partnering with. So stuff like, and like something happened, I think with like uh, Activision's website, right. There was some coding right out and it had like the teams mentioned um, stuff like that, man. It's, it sucks, but you know, in the long run, it's nothing. Just uh, kind of ruins the surprise a little bit, but I was really happy that our, our logo, didn't leak. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of fakes running around the internet. So I was happy about that. Um, everybody knew our roster that leaked a long time ago as well. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to our GM, Eric Hamilton. I was like, cause there's quite a few players that reached out. I was connecting him with Eric and I was like, I keep seeing the stuff online, you know, on Twitter about our roster. And he goes, Jeremy, he goes, it's a hundred percent true. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, <laughs> leaks happen all the time in esports. People will always be that first person who kind of spills the beans. Uh, but it, it's really hard for us partners and brand people um, when that stuff happens because we work really hard on, you know, reveals and what we're doing branding wise and who, who we're signing and stuff like that. So, it, but, you know, in the long run, it's, it's a little disappointing, but, you know, it doesn't really affect much. The, and, and not to promote another brand, but the, um, as you know, I, I love what Minnesota is doing as well. From the Red Diamond. They do a great job. He comes from my, uh, I come from his world, I should say, from, uh, you know, traditional sports. And uh, they had a podcast the other day about their branding release and they had some some back and forth with Twitter. So it's a good podcast to listen to. But I mean, you guys work hard to create these brands and leaks are leaks. And it's interesting, right? You know, you don't really kind of see too much. You know, you hear room, it's more rumors in traditional sports, but now leaks just, I mean, everyone wants to know first. Slasher is thrilled to dump some news on, on the, in the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Well, you, you've seen all these cool things. Every team is different. Like, you know, what, what Dallas did with having envy in their logo for the mm-hmm. empire, hiding it in there was, 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 was brilliant. And what Hector was brought to the Chicago team and that following, and they have like 70,000 followers plus already for the Chicago. I mean, the people are, these teams are killing it, man. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year to see what everybody does and how their home stands do. And be very, every, everybody's team is really good. So it's really competitive. Um, looking forward to it. I think this question transfers very well right into that from Victor George. Um, thoughts on how to build, engage the local Call of Duty fan player base outside of traditional endemic phase followers. Yeah, so you know, it's um, we want to do you know we want to do viewing parties, of course. We want to do meet and greets with the players, set stuff up. We'll bring partners in and do meet and greets. Um, you know, we want to do LAN and online tournaments as well to really grow that community and, and get those players involved. So we're talking to some people about helping us do that. Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of stuff that we're thinking about right off the bat. Love that. I mean, I would, you know where I'm going to be if you're hosting a live event down yeah. there. Um, yeah. Frank Collins, good friend of mine from Arkansas. How can we, in the smaller cities that won't have a franchise team engage? Do you see a path for farm teams like in baseball no that's, that's an interesting question um and we get that a lot so you know having like overwatch having a contenders team um we'll, we'll have something along along those lines for call of duty um as well um and i but always i always get the question too uh, as far as like how players young players get you know get involved in esports how they become a pro and you know unfortunately in this industry there is no roadmap. um and, that, and that's that's difficult, which we had something along those lines. But, you know, there's always some people, you know, as far as rank play, go out there and rank play and create your own content, be doing your own videos and streaming and growing, of course, growing Twitch. You know, those are those are great, great ways to, to get involved and really grow your brand as a player um, in this industry. Um, but, you know, and that's why I'm lucky to have <laughs> a, a team around me, uh, like social marketing people and content people that are younger and more in touch with with esports in the industry um to help you know they and they, I, I always tell people like you know i learn i learn something new every day um in this industry and you know that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm being educated on too like how to how to grow 
you know, that community and grow the brand within Call of Duty and how people become and become pros and what that story is. So just before I ask this next one, I'm actually curious for a quick answer. You said there's no roadmap here. And I always say one of my classic lines is there, there, when there's something that happens that's kind of like out of the ordinary, there's no script for this. And I say that a lot in, in esports because there, I think it's an ever evolving script. Is that something from your standpoint in your role? Is that exhausting? Are you looking for a roadmap at some point? Is it provide more opportunity? You know, is it, is it a good or a bad thing to, to not have a roadmap when it comes to this? Well, Herb, the grind is real, man. You know, everybody's out there grinding, trying to find these opportunities. Um, I think a roadmap would be helpful. Uh, but, you know, the thing the thing is, though, like eSports is so siloed and every game is different. Every league is different. Um, so I can just speak to like what I've learned from other players and like, you know, what, what their, what their road was for a specific game. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that just goes back to the rank play and creating their own content and putting stuff on YouTube and trying to, you know, trying to get it stubborn and, you know, just get better, um, where they can. So, um, awesome. Uh, Waylon Swan, good buddy of mine, Ole Miss grad. From the, uh, from the commercial real estate industry, what type of space is best for all different aspects of the esports industry to grow the industry and the brands? Uh, and, it's, and, I, and I believe that question is more like, what, what's the ideal? Is he on, he's on venues? Is it like venue size or space? I think it's a little bit of like, yeah, what, what size, what, 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 are, what are guys like Atlanta Esports Ventures looking for when, when doing you know, their build out, which I know you just locked them up. I knew this question was coming. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> as you've probably seen that, you know, we, we have, um, we've purchased a space, um, but we haven't released an official statement yet about what we're planning to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but we do have a space, um, we have big plans for it, but that's all I can really say about that because we really haven't announced anything publicly. Um, but we, we, we do have big plans for having a space. As um, far as like just for the team right now, like venue size, as far as our home stands, uh, it's, I can speak to that. Like we're really looking for venues to compete in that, that you know, that, that seat that two to two to 4,000 people um, for our home stands. I think um, it's a perfect spot for these events. Yeah, it, that's really the, the wheelhouse that we found that really works for us right now as we continue to grow. Um, you know, we're doing four this year, so I'm really excited to see how how they do. Um, and I'm sure the following year it'll probably go like eight to ten or whatever really grow. So we I always get asked about you know will Lenny Sports Ventures build a build a a venue? Yeah, and uh, I I don't know. We haven't had those we haven't had those conversations. Like a lot of people from commercial real estate reach out to me about ideas about that, and um, you know there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of companies doing that nationally um, that are building these venues. Um, but I think for us right now, we're really trying to figure out where our fan base comes from, you right. know, how much of our fan base is traveling from out of state or how far outside of Atlanta they're traveling in the state to come to our events. Um, we've recently partnered with uh, a, a data analyst company called Fan AI, um, and we're really trying to dig into who our audience is you know, being a new team like the rain. Um, and you get questions a lot about, you know, where, who is our fan and where they're coming from? Uh, how much of them are actually percentage of them are actually in Atlanta. So that's stuff that's really important for us to find out. So we're hoping fan AI can help us, you know, really uncover that. And, um, and that, that all that stuff goes into about, you know, venues. So like having, having our events on different days in different parts of the town, you know, how people travel, um, what they'll pay for a price of a ticket. Sure. What's expensive. What's not expensive. Will people pay for a VIP experience versus just wanting to be in the building? Right. Uh, it look like, so, you know, we're, we learn, we're honestly, we're learning as we go. Um, and it's going to be a long, a long term for us thinking long term, how, you know, how we move forward. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of variables that go into people. People probably don't think about how, can you say how big the space is? The one that you guys got, I think it's like twenty or thirty thousand feet. I think I don't, I don't, I don't know the exact number. Um, Great size. We're really excited about it, and I, I think 
I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> so, <laughs> Somebody asked about it later too, and I think you've you've answered enough on. It. Yeah. yeah, there is something. There is a building. <laughs> there's there's a box out there somewhere. Yes. Um, all right, great comment from Chris Reed. Get on LinkedIn ASAP. Produce as much content as possible. Add as much value to other people as you can. Grow your network. That's just a great point. And I wanted to read that to the LinkedIn deck. Um, thanks, Chris. Dominic, are there specific events that are great for networking purposes that are uh, are under underrated? Um, I, I find like just going to the bigger events and also going to like just going and hanging out at Battle and Brew. You yeah. Know? Like that. I mean, I think I think any event, small or large, is going to help you. Yeah. So, you um, know, one thing in regards to this that I've, I've recommended to a couple different guys is I leveraged Meetup.com when I was uh, at Axis, and the response that you get from an esports event that's free and just available for open networking is pretty impactful. And I, I said to this young kid up in Buffalo, I was like, I have to imagine there's no big Buffalo presence in, in gaming. And, there certainly wasn't, and I think he went ahead and just started the Buffalo esports like meetup. Yeah. And I was like, bring it to you, you know, control it. If there's nothing coming to Buffalo, if you've got to wait for you know EGLX over in Toronto, don't wait. Just like you know, bring the bring the networking to you. That's that was yeah, take, take that initiative. And it, one, one thing I'm learning about, which is I, I've been very excited to follow, is the fighting game community. I mean, yeah, how passionate the fighting game community is. I mean, I learned love if I've ever seen it, but like. What those guys do and what 404, you know, what those guys are doing. Like I watched their videos, like on Friday nights, they're all getting together and eating and playing video, playing the fighting games and like how passionate they are or pounding the people's houses with bringing their own, their own setups and like competing. It's crazy, man. Like that kind of stuff. Like I'm learning about it. It's, it's awesome to see. It's pretty staggering. I, I, I give Greg a lot of credit. I mean, I don't think anybody cares as much about the customer as he does and like given other people and, and showcases what he does from a story standpoint, Instagram. Um, that the that dude grinds. That the the, uh, the FGC in Atlanta is a is a is pure passion and love for gaming, and uh, what he's built out there is pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to. I've, I've talked to Greg on the phone. I haven't a chance to meet him in person yet. I need to get over there and check it out. But like, I, I follow what they do closely on social media. Uh, it's, it's it's awesome to see. The grinder man. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. You got a bunch of hellos. Got a monster question here from Jacob Standard. <laughs> Jacob, this is a beast. Um, do you believe that the Call of Duty League will be able to become a tier one esports and control some uh, and, and control the same kind of viewership that League of Legends or CS:GO do now? Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> that. Um, we do know that League of Legends and like Dota and those guys are getting like, what's it? The number everybody goes to like the audience is bigger than the Super Bowl. What they're doing, like you know, yeah. in, in Asia, like it's incredible. Um, <clears throat> it, it all comes down to the reach of the game. You know, like, like Call of Duty, it's not big overseas. I know that it's big over in like Paris and London, of course, but like I don't know, I don't know about the rest of, in, in Europe. But as you get past Europe, it's not that big yet. Um, so hopefully we can continue to grow. I know there's been a lot of pushback from the Call of Duty community on concerns of, you know, the franchise model and, you know, their orgs disappearing or going away and becoming, you know, reps for the city, like, you know, with what hundred thieves not coming in and optic as we knew it is 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 not gone, but like just been rebranded and like, you know, the people are new. Um, so there's been a lot of concern there. I, I think people should just really and everybody's been, you know, a lot of negative comments about it. So I think people should just give it a chance. You know, all the same players are here. I think the franchise model can work. And I think the audience will really grow is we can reach, if we can reach that casual fan and grow a following in each city. Um, I know the league still hasn't announced um, what they're going to do media wise, as far as TV and streaming. Um, so I'm interested to see that that will really be important as far as will help with the growth of call of duty league. For the next few years and as as the more franchises get involved um so yeah i, I honestly i'm taking a wait and see approach um you know but herb i do have a bone to pick with you man i saw you did some lists where you listed your tier one your tier one esports leagues and you didn't mention overwatch you actually had fortnite more above overwatch and i will 
<laughs> might cause like you know issues with people, but I don't think Fortnite is esports right now. Don't you love to just like type something up that you know is going to drive followers? Uh, you're you're putting Fortnite above a league that's on ABC, Disney XD, ESPN two. In my defense, in my defense, he's in the other room. It was Will Hershey. I'll get him here, but I did back him. Um, but I think let me just say I think Fortnite. You know what they did with hiring Nate away from Blizzard and Overwatch leave to have him leave in the middle of the yeah. season enough to you know gave him a deal of a lifetime to leave and you know to take over Fortnite esports. Um, it'll be interesting to, to watch how that grows and what they do if it affects the game at all and how they set it up to really be more esports focused and driven um, for, versus which I think it's more of a game built for content creators and influencers to play and, and stream. So, um, but you know, that's just my opinion. I'd love to hear else's thoughts about that. I always get, always ask that question and people think, think Fortnite is esports, but I just wanted to bring that up. So I know you had Overwatch as a tier two. Which, I just like to, uh, I, I just knew, oh, I, knew that. That. <laughs> I knew you'd bring it up in this particular moment. So yeah. <laughs> no, it can't all be sunshine and, and rainbows. Yeah. 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 Um, so there is a couple of great questions here, and I want to get to all of them before I hit you with the speed round. Yeah. And I, I'm actually shocked we're almost at an hour. I, I was like, what are we going to talk about for an hour? But we're I almost think, there. We so. could go forever, man. Yeah. Um, 97, you got 97 right now. You're on fire. Uh, let's see. Let's get a good one in here. Um, uh, how can local esports venues get involved in what COD is doing? Do opportunities exist to showcase watch parties and event nights? I'm assuming the answer is yes, but there's probably a larger. That is a big yes. Um, have people reach out to me. I would love to you know talk to people event about that. Um, like I said, we want to do play. We want to do. We want to hold meet and greets where people get up close and personal with the team this year. We want to do viewing parties. We want to you know we want to do those. Like I said, those land tournaments. You know. And we're looking for places to, to host that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're open to anything this year. Um, and it's exciting for me because, you know, this will be the first time we actually have the teams located in Atlanta. So the, these guys will be living here. Um, we're going to have a lot more access to these guys to get out and do more stuff, do more activations like that. So the answer is yes. Yeah, we're definitely, you know, interested in, in, in doing that. So people have stuff, you know, they can email me at uh, Jeremy. It's J-E-R-E-M-Y at A-T-L Rain, R-E-I-G-N dot com. Wow. Don't spam me, guys. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Somebody asked earlier, what is your best sales tactic? Is it sending a controller or is it annoying you like I did? <laughs> no, honestly, it, well, it's, you know, you have to, like I said, it's it's standing out. But also, I, I don't think it is selling. I think it is, it's educating. So you're, you're educating and you want to be a resource for somebody. Okay. Versus being a salesman. Yeah. And I think I, I, one thing I noticed myself just from a strategy standpoint is that I always like, I mean, you did it too, by the way, you know, you would send me things that popped up and it became available and things when I thought of you, I'd send you a text yeah. and things like that. And I think that's what selling truly is when like building that rapport to the point where like, I feel comfortable to call you. Yeah. Yo, I need something. And I, I, I'll say this, and like this is just me, and like you know, going full like old school Clint Eastwood, like get off my lawn. But uh, I think, <laughs> I think people today are really a, are scared of no. Totally, I one thousand percent agree. You know what? Take that no and embrace it, man. I mean, like if it's if it's a no, doesn't mean it's gonna be a no in three months. Doesn't mean no in six months. You know, build a relationship, build a rapport if you can, and just stay engaged, stay involved with people. Um, just check in time to time. Cause you know, you never know. And that's the same way, like, you know, being in sales, like, it's just, you know, get no all the time. Um, but it, it could change. And that's just, you know, being consistent and staying on, staying on the path that you want to take. This is actually where I think that I, I'm, I'm so lucky because starting where I started selling the Super Bowl, which is the most expensive ticket on the planet. So imagine, imagine, 
<laughs> Imagine cold calling everyone in Atlanta with a price range of the greatest event in the world from $5,000 to $17,000. Yeah, I lived on the word no, and I learned to embrace it. And so, you know, I get a lot of reach out right now from young guys who, you know, they're like, you know, where should I start? And I give a list of names. Some of them are, sometimes it's you, sometimes it's as other people I've met, either, you know, in Atlanta or in the ecosystem, like reach out, use my name. I'm not gonna make a warm intro because I, I wanna see how you operate. And then I get a note back and, and it's like, okay, you didn't answer, what do I do now? Go again, <laughs> go again. And, and literally I say to all these guys, make someone tell you no. Yeah. Force their hand to say no, and I guarantee you, you'll never actually get a no. You'll get a not a good time, reach yeah. out to me in three months, and people are, are very hesitant to get to that response. A lot of people, you hear no, and you're like, okay, and you just kind of move along. Ask why, you know, like, and just kind of find out, more. Like just dig, you know, dig, follow-up questions, dig why, and then, and then most people, they'll tell you, like, you know, it's not, it's not a good time, or, this is happening or that happening. I just have a full plate right now and I can't talk. So I'm trying a couple weeks, stuff like that. So yeah, there, there's a stigma that I had to get over to myself when, when somebody wasn't responding and I think I'm writing a thoughtful message. I'm like, oh, what a dick. You know, why, why is this person, you know, you can't think that way. You have to just think, you know, Jeremy Poor is literally director of partnerships for two esports organizations right now. Your inbox must be flooded. So when, you, when somebody sees that read, Read receipt from you and thinking, oh, I don't want to talk to this kid. Yeah. It's because you checked your phone, you looked at it, you don't have time to respond to it. Yeah. Like, I don't respond to stuff. I, I get tons of stuff on LinkedIn, of course. Um, like, it may take me a couple weeks to respond just because like, just, I have so much going on, but I will try, I try to respond to everybody at least once. So, um, yeah. Literally be persistent, perfectly persistent. I'll say it a thousand times over. Um, all right, I want to see if I can find anything else here that uh, Akshay asked a good question that, uh, um, I, I just wanna say this real quick, Herb, like you yeah. know, going back to like the rain and like launching that brand and like reaching out to potential partners and we had zero following. Like, you know, think about how hard that is, you know, like, and I just, again, I keep telling myself, think long-term, you know, think about the homestand, like, you know, and as we, we grew our social following, but man, no, so many times. And this is like getting no from like endemic companies, Yeah, you know, in the space and we're Overwatch team, but we were brand new. So it's just. But listen, if you sit, if you sat back and you took no on the chin and went head down. Yeah. You're not, you know, you don't move on, right? It's, it's all about who is ready to push past no. And I always tell people this too, man. Like everybody thinks like being in esports and just gaming in general is like, you know, oh, it's a lifestyle. It's, you know, it's the dream job. Like it's a grind, man. Like it's a job. Like and you have people to report to. You have numbers to hit. Like like it's not all fun games, man. Like you're yeah. On it. You do a lot of cool stuff, and it's still video games. I'm not out digging ditches somewhere, so thank God for that. I would be very good at that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. People don't, don't people they don't see all the stuff behind the scenes, and it's hard. I mean, I remember when we first met. You had a full head of hair. I know. Actually, I had like a mullet too. I'm from Kentucky, so like I had a full like locks, and it's just it's all gone. <laughs> all right, let's close it up. Um, we're going to get into a couple, uh, a couple quick fun questions, just a quick speed round. What is your dream sporting or esports events, traditional or esports to attend or be a part of? Well, you know, I, I was, I was lucky enough to work in sports for six years. So I got to, got to, got to go to a lot of cool events. Um, I always tell people though, like I would, I, like, I would love to get like an RV and just like, you know, travel to all like the college football and football stadiums. So like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. someone who's been to cool sporting events already. Um, that's something I would like to do, but like esports wise, like dude, I would love to go to, like league of legends. Like, yeah. I'm going to go see it like over in Asia and Europe and like, you know, just get a sense of the crowd and the passion. Like, you know, those, I can't imagine being in those huge venues packed like that. I mean, it was great. Like going to grand finals this year in Philadelphia and, you know, seeing that, that crowd and like how pumped people were and like, it's awesome, man. Like it, 
It, it definitely fuels you. That's for sure. All right, your go-to beer. But, you know, I don't drink beer. I drink – I'm from Kentucky. I drink bourbon. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I stopped drinking beer a long time ago. So if I'm going to drink, I want to drink and get, like, a quick buzz. So, like, I just – I go straight for, for bourbon. So for bourbon, my go-to is uh, Basil Hayden or Woodford Reserve. There you go. Now, you know, if you want to – hey, if you want to stand out. <laughs> hey, send me the bourbon. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely get a phone call. <laughs> All right, who's going to win the national championship? And in, in what football, basketball? You know, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I'm actually think basketball. But for football this year, my God, I honestly think it's wide open this year, man. I think LSU, LSU, Alabama will will knock one of them out. I think this weekend, um, you know, Clemson's still loaded. Ohio State, I love to see LSU do well. Um, I like. Ogeron and go Tigers. So uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not sure, man. It's wide open. And I'm a, uh, this I, is a I, I hate to admit this, but I also like, you know, I'm a Kentucky and Western Kentucky fan. I'm my alma mater, Western Kentucky. But uh, I'm also a, a suffering Notre Dame fan. Ugh, uh, yeah, good. This is a lame answer. Yeah. All right. I think, I think, pick one. I think, and I hate to say this, but they don't even play anybody. Either going to be LSU or, or Alabama this year. I think it's going to be LSU, sadly, which as an old Miss fan, gross. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to play anybody yet, so we'll see. All right, one key piece of advice for anyone breaking into this industry, the number one thing that comes to your mind when well, someone's writing you a message, someone's hitting you up on LinkedIn, someone's cold calling, what is your key piece of advice to anyone trying to bust in right now? Um, Tell a good story and make yourself just make yourself stand out. I love it. Yeah. Dude, you are the absolute man. I love talking to you. I will see you in Atlanta. You have Dream Hack? No, you know it. Come on. It's where I was born. Well, you know, well, the rain has a booth at Dream Hack. We're really excited about it this year. We got a big booth. And um, so everybody come by and say hello. I'll be there all weekend working a booth. Uh, we're selling we're selling merch for the first time. Um, so come by and buy a hoodie. Where uh, where can everyone still players in town too? So come on, meet meet Gator and meet Hawk. I know you dumped your email in here like a crazed, deranged man, but what uh where can anyone find you on uh social or, or things like that? Uh do it. <laughs> no one wants to follow me, dude. Do I just pictures of my kid or like post like gift files. You don't want to say the handle, say the handle, do it, do it on Twitter. The I think it's the Jeremy Poor. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, there's actually a couple other Jeremy Poors running around on Twitter. So uh, I had to be the Jeremy Poor. So yeah, there's no the Jeremy Poor. That's right. Yeah. So come All back, right. and follow, man. I appreciate it. Herb, thanks so much for uh, for for doing this, man, and uh, having me on. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Hopefully, somebody somewhere got something out of it. Um, you know, and hit me up. If you want to talk to me? Hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter, and uh, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of comments that came in that we didn't get a chance to get to, and I'll send you the link. But I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for everything you've done for me, and we'll see you uh, in Atlanta, brother. Yeah, man. I'll see you. All right. Take care. Take care.